you coming back in here with dusty jerseys. I want to see you coming back in here with bloodstained jerseys now. Look at anybody go and sit and have a pint with those boys after that. And the referee is looking around and acting as Mickey. Tell the children to play tennis or something. If they want to play tennis, go and play tennis. Hello and welcome to the Three Man Weave after a, a somewhat quiet weekend of GA action. My name is Mark Hardy, as always I'm joined by Mick McCarthy and PJ Brown, a man sitting here like the cat that got the cream. Kerry are in the league final. Yeah, Mark, I nearly caught the car crash on the M7 when I found out that Kerry were in the league final because of two, a game I thought it was done and buried, done and dead, because, uh, and because after they were up by six points, when the news came on Radio 1 that... Con- that, uh, Con- that Neil McManus and Conor McCann Con- had uh, scored two late goals. My- I-, I gave a whoop, <laughs> which caused my girlfriend to nearly jump out of her the driver's seat of the car and <laughs> in- send her into another lane. I'm sure she understood though once he explained. Yeah, uh, it, it took a, it took a while of explaining. <laughs> she probably didn't even know why <laughs> Kerry were involved in the story. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she, yeah, we did we did arrive to her house in Nice, and she was trying. She I, I don't think she fully understood because she managed to jam our man to the story for some reason. But oh. uh, Conor McCann, I think, is he's now Kerry's Gary McCoy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what I was thinking. There is a the, what? What are the you know? If you're sort of sitting at home thinking you're kind of out of it, the the, the standard bearer for something like that has mm. to be the Ireland Euro '88 team. Yeah, and you know, I think Kerry kind of like you, you got a little bit onto that wrong there yesterday. But I have to put it like into context. Like it's it's not that PJ didn't describe it properly there. It's just how insane what happened exactly was. So if anybody didn't know, the referee gave six minutes of injury time, which is a lot in the game of hurling anyway, right? And after that six minutes, Offaly, who needed to win the game to play Antrim again in the league final, in, in, in the league final and not carry out, were still six points up. So it's 76 minutes played and time nominally up. Offaly led the game by six points. That's a lot of points. Yeah. Neil McManus scored, puck out, Goes down, Malie, goal, McCann. And <laughs> next, it's just like, even reading like all the awfully journalists that were there, there was sort of a sense of just shock. Mm-hmm. From the, they were kind of just trying to just report on what happened, but they were absolutely shocked. It was left for dead. Yeah. The, I mean, the strange thing is, ostensibly, that Antrim had nothing to play for. They, yeah. were already, they were already in the league final. So that led me, like, you just presume the game was gone. Yeah. I like the idea that, and this Antrim team seems to have a bit of it, that there's a, a sense of like, you know, we're playing the game to win mm. as well. You know what I mean? It wasn't necessarily about next week or getting promoted yeah. or anything yeah, like yeah. that. It's about here we are. Let's win in Offaly. It'll be a big win for us, you know, yeah. or draws I did in the end. Antrim GA, who were very, very helpful on the day when there wasn't much coverage, obviously, around the place of taking like, you know, just like mobile phone portrait style videos from the sideline of the game and you got both of those goals but they also had like the celebrations at the end and you could just kind of hear in what was basically an empty O'Connor Park of just cheers of Antrim, 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 Antrim and I was like do you know what there's something we talked about Antrim a good bit on this show and we talked to Declan Bogue about the, the if there's a chance of any rejuvenation in Antrim hurling and we've done things with Neil McManus and stuff like that but wouldn't that be something that you're just like wouldn't it be great if that was a little bit more of a part of what is everyday GEA you know They're, they are playing they're going to be playing Kerry and Antrim in the final this weekend yeah. in Crow Park in Croker and, and isn't that class it, yeah yeah it's, pre- yeah it's pretty good I think it's the only game that's on I think it's, it's just like a really as a, as a st- I was looking through the fixtures and it's the only one I can see that's on Sunday on, on the Sunday maybe yeah. I'm wrong 
No, I don't know. So you've got uh, Sunday is a day of uh, the next round, the, the second yeah. last round of the football league. So Dublin aren't playing at home on on Sunday, are they? They're playing Mead in in uh, Pro Park. Right. Ah, okay. There you go. There you yeah, go. The Saturday you have the quarterfinals of the hurling on uh, in Division One. But um, what a day! What a like it, what, like regardless of who's involved, and it's brilliant news for Kerry, and it's great for Antrim, and it's disastrous for Offaly. But that's the kind of like insane piece of sport that you know it does it does, it is a lesson to like keep watching to the end at all times you know like it's just it's like this game six points up with 76 minutes played in the game of hurling and then by 78 minutes uh it's a draw and you're out and you're stuck in division two for another year i, I think poor Kerry, michael fenley yeah Kerry should give Antrim more of a game than they did uh the weekend before last yeah when they Antrim won down by six points in Trilly, i think it was Kerry are missing some well, they're missing three players because of mumps. Yeah, mumps. No, uh, not not one you hear very often. In but, outbreak yeah. season, as we're in at the moment, <laughs> he still weren't expected a mumps outbreak. But. No, uh, Shane Conway was one of those out, and uh, Wait, they're going to cancel the Kerry St Patrick's Day parade. <laughs> There's mumps in the bit out. Yeah, but here's the thing, though: for next week, it's not going to be mumps that's the problem. But is there more coronavirus in North Antrim and Belfast than there is in the in North Kerry? Because that's going to be key. Sorry. No, I was quite sure how to answer that. <laughs> we, don't sure. our, we don't have our North Kerry in Antrim. I, I, as, as someone who's getting married in Kerry very soon, I'd prefer if they didn't bring... If they didn't bring... I'm not even sure if we're allowed to laugh about coronavirus yet. It's all very scary. It is a bit, yeah. Um, Will there even be matches? Will we even have a three-man weave? Well, that's uh, the problem. Weeks, is like, so. you know, no, if, the only way that they could say in France where it's no gathering of more than 1,000 people. Maybe Kerry getting a day out in Crow Park, Hurling Wise, could be a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, no, can we not play it in front of five men and a dog <laughs> somewhere? Uh, speaking of comebacks, uh, Galway against Tipperary on Sunday. I mean, this game hadn't a whole pile of writing on it, but uh, it was sure it turned out to be a bit of a. a well, it was a, there was a place in the quarterfinals um, up for grabs, really. Like, you know, Tip have a long hour wait now until they play Cork, who also have a long hour wait in the championship. I kind of felt watching the match though that. Tip had, Tip were more inclined to be okay with that break than I think Galway were. Galway needed a shot in the arm a little yeah. bit because they've had such a kind of a horrid start and had a bad winter. And geez, when they did come back into it, they really came back into it in the second half because they were getting well beaten and they were relentless there. Conor Whelan got a great goal and that sort of started things off but they were relentless for most of the second half in what was like a hilarious monsoon you can see the poor owl umpire trying to wave the wave the flag on our instagram page uh felt very sorry for him. not not all white coats and free dinners that job you know tough 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 men stand stand in those goals but um for tip i think it was like they showed what they could do in the first half they showed what they could do in parts against waterford last week and they're kind of like oh, we'll be grand we'll hang on for the championship you know yeah uh I, I still have like a lot of Galway fans who are quite worried about where this Galway team is because yeah. it, for, for another year, again, it's another year where you're not quite sure who they're bringing through. Like there's, there's Brian Concannon is kind of stepping up now, but Brian Concannon was like, oh yeah, we're bringing Brian Concannon through. But that was supposed to be like 2017 yeah. or 2018, you know? And now he's like the one player they seem to be able to pick out that, okay, he's finally stepping up and having an effect on games. But, who are the other names that they're coming through like him? Yeah. That's it. They're more. They they seem to more reshuffle the pack mm. than actually bring people through. You know, they do have a few kind of names in there, but I don't know if anybody is massively sticking out so far. And then we still have to kind of like 
we're still kind of waiting. Your watch Galway, and I don't know if this will ever not be the case where you're just sort of waiting for where's Joe going to fit in here and how's he going to mm. link it all together and stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I think they could be they're way to Wexford now. Yeah. They lost the draw. Um, but that could be an interesting game next week, like uh, to see if they have actually have anything about them. Because I do think t- like Tip lost by like nine points and were like, up by like something similar. They were up by seven. They were sixteen points swing. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So like as Mark says, it's a pretty big comeback. But <laughs> you know, you have to wonder where Tip are in that. Like you know yeah. what I mean? They played so well in the first half. They got two lov- three lovely goals, two really good ones. Um, John McGrath was on fire, and then all of a sudden it was just like ah. We'll take those few weeks off, I think. That third goal from Tipperary yesterday, though, Key and Darcy's pass is just beautiful. It was to... It's the first just, thing you said when you came in this morning, actually, yeah. Oh, it, like, it's worth looking up. It's on, like, TG Carr tweeted out, social wherever. It's You don't really see it, because usually a lad's going full pelt and he's 30, 40 metres out from goal, and he even sets up as if he's just going to wallop this over the bar and then just a little deft pass. It was like uh, Kevin De Bruyne through ball, you know... Oh, just look it up. There were some great goals in that game, and um, they're all working. There really was, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was full of great goals. Well, yeah, just the two months now that Tip have to wait for another game. <laughs> normal, that's totally normal. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah completely yeah. normal yeah, stuff. The yeah, in the, in the calendar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of storms, I was looking at. I haven't had time to watch it yet, but uh, I said Declan Bogue was on um, Shane Stapleton's uh, our game today, talking about that for man I haven't trained on grass in three weeks. Uh, which what have you trained on? <laughs> which may have impacted their. Uh, I haven't had time to actually look into it any further. <laughs> it was just the headline on the video. Swimming in Loch Arn. So uh, <laughs> with footballs, water polo. Uh, being the being the thorough journalist that I am, I'm just basing this entire conversation off a headline I just read. But uh, for Mana, uh, are in real trouble now in Division Two, and Antrim are sorry, Antrim Armagh are looking in good nick. Um, they this was like we said, it was a really important game that could tell all, and uh, it's looking like. Could we see an Armagh possibly uh, doomed to second tier? Mm. Armagh. Or sorry, for Manor, I should say. For Manor doomed to the second tier, yeah, because if they get relegated, obviously they're going to be in the Talton Cup. Talton Cup, yeah. Yeah. Um, they've got two points now, right? And there's two games left. And say if they beat Clare this weekend, even on four, it's going to be very, it's going to be very hard to see six points even surviving mm. at the, in Division 2 because it would mean everybody losing and sure everyone's playing each other and all. So it's, I think Fermanagh are as good as gone at this stage and it's an interesting one because they were well beaten like by Armagh. You kind of had a feeling when we were talking on Wednesday, show Mark, that they might even do this, you know, and that um, there isn't that much between the teams, but it does suggest the team that might have be it because of their training situation or because of what, that they might have lost their way a little bit. And the way Ricey was talking after the game, I mean, Declan Bogue um, spoke to him and had, had had a piece up where he's talking, like, that sounded like a defeated man. He's blaming the GA for all kinds of things and none of it's wrong and we should probably talk about it and it's interesting, but just from a manager's point of view, it sounds like he's very defeatist and he's talking about lads going off to America and he's like, I won't be ringing them to stop them. I won't be have any contact with them, you know, and there shouldn't be such a big gap. And again, all of these things are right, but it's like, Jesus, like, you know, you've got two weeks left before of games that you need to play before you talk about tier two at all yeah. from a mental standpoint. You, you could still, you, like, exactly, you could still stay up. And also in the, in the Ulster draw, they're on the opposite side from Donegal, Tyrone uh, and Armagh. They do have this, they've got the first round, I think they're playing, they're playing down. It's not, it's not like, it's not an mission impossible here. To get to an Ulster final and then to be in the, in the top tier, like it's, it's not mission impossible. No. I mean, there, there is, there is still some hope there. 
Yeah, it, it is kind of strange to hear him talking like that. I he 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 would you would think he was someone who would be more defiant. Yeah, even in that bad like these bad circumstances exactly which, which, which they have created as well like, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly they lost all the matches like I really like McMenamin I think he's a very interesting obviously he's a very interesting character but I think he is uh, it's good that he says what's on his mind I just wonder about like whether this is the type of thing that should be on his mind yeah. right now like you know and I, I, what about what he said though like cause I, the most interesting part to me was this kind of like how adamant he was that the reason tier 2 has been brought in is for the top teams mm. now I'm not sure if that is actually the reason behind it I don't know if that's what John Horan wants but it is fascinating that they are the people who will benefit the most he was saying if, if Donegal or Throne got knocked out in the first round of the championship they only have two games now to play to go back into sort of contention into the super rates whereas they might have had four before what GA want is you get to the super rates all the top teams are fresh nobody's out in their feet and you have all these teams playing each other that is i'm not even sure if it's the worst thing in the world (laughs) again because they're still qualifying for it we're not saying you know what i mean it's still a meritocracy but it is interesting to couch it as like this is not for the lower teams to to be able to play against each other it's for the top teams to not have to play the lower teams really isn't it yeah you never i never thought of it that way as in just the taking away some of the barriers it takes for the division two teams to get back into the super eights like i still think if they had something if they just had to change it up a little bit that you could get back into the championship at a later stage like you can with the joe mcdonald cup yeah. into the up uh, tier one ireland that it might leave a it might solve some of that issue like it doesn't mean that you have to tear up the entire script it just means i don't know how they, they managed to narrow it like down a losers group in a club one. championship you yeah. know, like if you have, it, it, it doesn't really exist as much anymore because you're you, generally now you have round robins and stuff like that. But in the old days, the group would win. You'd have thir- maybe you have, you know, 20, 16 teams, say, for example, eight of them win. They go into a winner's group. Then there's a loser's group. And whoever comes out, whoever lo- wins that tournament gets back, or the last four or whatever get back into a round. And, you know, it's their second chance. And that always worked quite well. I, uh, I think so, anyway, yep. you know. And it's like, surely that, that that could be something. So it is you have more of a chance then. It, it's actually doing the bottom tier uh, a service because they have more of a chance to actually go into a further stage than they would be otherwise. But cutting them out altogether, again, like... There are definitely, there's definitely reasons behind it that make sense for me anyway. Like, you know what I mean? It's like not everybody gets to be, you know, winning the All-Ireland. And just mm. because you're in it doesn't mean you're going to have any chance and blah, 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 blah. But it does feel like that they've just, they've they've gone off on a solo run here and haven't brought people with them. And no matter what the idea is, it's the wrong idea if that's the case. I think it's, it's especially going to annoy counties like Fermanagh, the ones that are on the bubble there, yeah. that feel like they have a right... They, Everyone has a right to be there, obviously, if you're if you're good enough. But like, they feel like they can be competitive, and like, it's more for. for I, I think it's more for like, it's for like Leitrim and for for Waterford, Limerick. Yeah. That it really gives them something to win. Whereas, like, but sure, they won't. Like, I I know what you mean. You're right, yeah. but I wonder how. Like, I wonder for them, is it like whatever? Like, you know, they're still not going to win a tournament with. You know, Derry and, yeah. and, and, and Clare, say, if they get relegated or, or, or Fermanagh. You know what I mean? Like, you know, these teams aren't aren't going to beat these teams, at least not consistently over the course of three or four weeks. Um, to it does do depend it. on how seriously those, those teams top teams it, yeah. actually take it. Yeah. I mean, like, whether they have, do they have, like, a total exodus of players to America during the summer? Like, it, there's a lot of factors that will come into deciding that competition. If you win the Talton Cup, are you automatically in Sam Maguire next year? 
See, these okay. are things that there were so yeah. many ideas floated yeah. around before it got mm. voted on that I'm not even sure where we left it. Another you know? idea we keep talking about going off to America. Should we just play uh, the American Championship as the tier two tom- tom- competition? With American president now, we've got. Uh, <laughs> I saw Paul Flynn saying the GPA have come to a deal with the with the American county boards that they've uh, you know they're all happy now and uh, everybody's great and there's no conflict anymore. I think we just move the GA to America altogether yeah. and we'll take the NFL. Well, yeah, or, or leave like the top six teams and let them play the All Ireland Championship here, and then we play. There's the North American Championship and the New York Championship. So there you go, problem solved. What were we all fretting about? Yeah, absolutely. The only thing yeah. is, it's going to get very confusing when, like, you have a load of lads from Mana playing for Donegal or whatever the team the team is over in America. What they're going to do? That's Apple anyway. Yeah, I think we we might have made this joke a few weeks ago. Most of the players are over there anyway. So we might as well play the tournament over there. Yep. Yeah, there you go. Marty, I watched the Killers on Glastonbury last night on the television. This is our Glastonbury, Marty. Shoulder to shoulder, hip to hip. It's a rip-roaring contest, and listen to the 44,000. They're standing on their feet for the endeavour, for the courage, for the stick work, for the hurling. It is a beautiful game. Marty, I watched the killers on Glastonbury last night on the television. This is our Glastonbury, Marty. There's 30 killers out in the field, but who's going to fire them the most shots that will win the game? I said at the introduction, this was like the old days Roman Coliseum. Yeah, it's all on the line now, Marty. There's a monster medal to be won. There's an All-Ireland semi-final that plays. Everything is on the line. There's bodies going in everywhere. There's a realisation now that, lads, don't mind your quarter-finals. Don't mind your losing the, losing the monster final. Let's go and go through the front door, get to a semi-final and be two massive matches away from winning the Holy Grail again. John Milan, the words of John Milan, the man who loves his county from Waterford. Sure, we had the killers last night with Mr. Milan as well, right? You know, so unbelievable. Glastonbury. <laughs> He's a music merchant, he, that fellow. He is big into Glastonbury as well. My God, huh? We ever over there, John? It is a beautiful game. This is our Glastonbury, Marty. Speaking of uh, Fermanagh and the difficulty you have with the weather and pitches, uh, the weather's also played havoc on the camogie fixtures at the weekend with the lack of match officials. Mm. A number of games missing linesmen due to the... Um, see, uh, this has obviously done the rounds on social media over the last 24 hours or so, and I'm just reading here, the, uh, the Camogie Association have been... They've issued a statement to the 42.e where they've said that unfortunately at a number of the weekend's fixtures there's a lack of full complement of match officials this was due to a severe shortage of match officials as a result of fixture congestion at club and inter-county level as well as other competitions predominantly resulting from the recent poor weather so as they say the scenario is far from ideal and is something that we are looking to rectify during the coming weeks so it doesn't fill you with too much confidence. So you're trying to grow this sport. And I think there was, there was a, like an, an interesting enough week for women's Gaelic games in general. And we'll talk about the LGFA Congress and stuff like that as well. But, you know, the Camogie Association for me is an organization that continuously seems to get in its own way. And this isn't like, this is literally just a lack of organization. You know what I mean? It's easy. Oh, fixture congestion in club and county. Well, it's all been run by one group of people. You know what I mean? It's like if decide that your division one match between Kilkenny and Cork 
needs a bloody linesman and is probably, you know, and... and yeah, I, it depends on what the fixture congestion is, though. Like, if it needs linesman, does a game in Division 3 go without a referee? Like, like or does it go at a different time? I don't know, but you can't... It, it, you can't have what's like the two the traditionally the two best teams of the sport and have been basically for the last five or six years are playing each other in what's supposed to be a marquee game on international women's day and you don't even have a full complement of officials it's a terrible terrible look and it's not something that they should let happen and it's something that you could foresee or you something that you put the game back an hour before or whatever it might be i just think it's uh it's it's really disrespectful i think to the players like you know who are who are at whatever the level of the sport and whatever the level of interest across the, the country in the sport is the pinnacle of, you know, they're at the, they're at the peak of their game and the organisation who are running things for them can't even provide officials for the game. It's really, I just think it's disrespectful and really disheartening, I would imagine, for them as well. And again, I, I would say begs the question as to why in this day and age when we're looking at, like, God, I'm talking about the Irish women's soccer team in, in the office nearly more than the men's soccer team over the last week or two. You know what I mean? We're getting to that stage now where it doesn't have to be this kind of like women's sport on the side thing that you're showing a little bit of respect to or whatever like that, that there's genuine interest and could be. It's like, why isn't it all under the same GA umbrella? And there's downsides to that too, and I absolutely see them, but this wouldn't be happening. Yeah, so it's like it's, I'm hesitant to just sort of... Uh, criticize or give out not knowing the full story because there's in the GAs and in men's Gaelic football there is a, and hurling there's a, a, going to be an issue I'd say with lack of referees or not that an issue but at least that you know it's it's, it's so hard to to get enough that you could say like you can't just you know they don't just fall out of the sky I know and I don't know what the situation is in terms of they're saying the fixture congestion or whatever that you can't just magic up um linesmen and referees from nowhere so like if you had everybody under the one umbrella you know the, at least that way then you can all tackle it as Together. a group yeah You've but that's what I'm who's setting up the fixtures though mark do you know what yeah. i mean like i know that you have to reschedule things but surely an organization is able to schedule things within the means that they have for for uh officials as the case is here Sorry. It's important to call these out, like, it, yeah. like the, the highlight these kind of issues, yeah. and it it is interesting to see what the, the reaction will be now. That do they let this kind of happen again? And hope you you hope that they don't. That they kind of learn from the situation and make sure it doesn't happen again. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I think broad agreement shouldn't be happening, but it's just yeah. <laughs> that I don't, I don't. We have to kind of then stay alert and again, if if it's like a grassroots thing, or whatever that you and you, it's just is are people willing to become match officials? Yeah. Do you know if you're of that age? That's the thing. Is like, are only the three of us going to become uh, match officials? Actually, I can't see past my hand. <laughs> so, I, I did umpire one match actually, and uh, and ran out for my. The only thing I had to do in nearly the whole match was run out and uh, accidentally gave a sixty-five when it was clearly a wide, and I knew it was a wide. And while I was doing it, I waved the hand, and then the lads from the, my own team who started shouting and screaming at me. And all this, the referee realizing that I was just some plonker, just so just kept the sixty-five or whatever it went against me anyway. Knowing full well by the reaction that I was just an absolute clown over my head by just having to make an umpiring decision. So uh, I don't think I could handle being a referee. It's definitely not the easiest job, even though I give out about them every week. Uh, ladies, uh, the LGFA Congress was on at the weekend, and we're going to have speaking of umpire signal. There's going to be two points from now on from the start of May. Sorry, uh, there's going to be two points for a forty-five. And 
I want you to guess what way you have to signal if you're an umpire for this. Oh, you have to do you have to do like a twirl or something, do you? <laughs> Is it like a, a twirl? Aussie rules, kind of like straight hand. You've got it's more. You gotta put. You gotta wave like an over in, you wave, in national rules. You wave the white flag with one hand, okay. and you point to the sky with the other. Oh, I like so it. It's like a little yeah. dance. Is this a good rule? Is that, like, I think it is an impressive enough feat to kick a 45 in ladies football. Like, you mm-hmm. know, I think it's it's fair. And it, there should be a good rule. If, if it isn't a high percentage shot the way it is in men's football, then it's a good idea that there's a bigger reward for it because... But at the same time, like it's a bit, if it's like it's a big loss for like a, a block down shot or something going out, and you can see two points for. It. I I wouldn't agree with that. I I don't think it's a major skill. Like it's, it's just somebody being able to kick the ball long and accurately. I I don't like. Yeah, forty. Like I I think forty five, forty five to for for I haven't got the stats, but for a forty five to be a high percentage shot, I think is just about on the limit in okay. men's football, and I think you have to be realistic about physical differences and i know it is a slightly lighter ball but but you know i do think that uh i think it's a, a lower percentage and a tougher shot in in gaelic in ladies football no but uh, yeah it probably is but i think the standard is like really rising in, in course football. Is, yeah, like, yeah. In recent years it's shot up it's like shot up so i like i think it's you say it's a lower percentage shot i would also think it's, it's become more common mm. that those are actually kicked and it's just go, go, like do you think players are going to be practicing this more now i mean like i think they were practicing this anyway they want yeah. to make these shots anyway it's a it's a big uh it's a big uh punishment for the defense yeah for just for just basically what's given a 45 like to lose two points for it, like S- similar to like there being two points for a sideline cut in yeah. in, in hurling like which it, was rejected <laughs> Yeah, right. yeah, I think like rightly rejected because yeah. it was just becoming so common. You saw it in every game now, and what you were having two points given against you because you gave away a sideline sixty, could be like fifty meters away yeah, from, from the goal. Uh, obviously, what attracted a lot of uh, reaction online from the um, Congress of the weekend was the motion that was defeated that was at a new rule that the Ladies Gaelic Football Association recognises and supports the concept of a dual player as defined and will encourage all of its units to support and facilitate. It's playing members of all ages who wish to do so to play both ladies Gaelic football and camogie. So that motion was defeated, but um, it was wishy washy wording in the first place. I don't know how enforceable yeah, it would have been given that the way it was worded. Uh, well, that's uh, literally. Um, this is about to get on to that LGFA president uh, Myra or Marie Hickey, sorry, has strongly rejected suggestions um, and said that it was to do with the wording of it. So. Um, if you look at the motion, she was saying that uh, people read it that we're not going to work with Camogie. There was an excellent discussion on the day. The majority of the discussion was on the wording of the motion and the definition of dual. Players play other sports outside of Camogie and ladies football. And the word facilitate means that you have to make it happen, but it's not always possible. So both the Camogie Association President Kathleen Woods and CEO uh, Sinead McNulty were both at the Congress and uh, they said there was an overwhelming feeling at, on the ground. This is um, from sorry, the LGFA with Hickey saying that uh, we fully support dual players, but it was down to the wording of the motion. It's also my belief that our rules significant or sufficiently cover the dual player as it is and we will continue to work together to ensure that this is the case in, f- in the future. Mm. Well, that's interesting to me that they like I that is very encouraging until the last sentence because every single year, without fail, there is stories of um, women having to play, been scheduled to play two games in the one day mm. in 150 miles away from each other 
because of it, that not being the case, you know, that not being the case. And look, if it isn't, if they don't want to be dual and it's like in, in the same way as in the GEA, it's basically not possible now, that's fine. But I think that most people would 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 say that that is something that is still possible in camogie and ladies football and it isn't been facilitated at the moment for an awful lot of players. And and regularly, like, I mean, it is a that's a regular story. The, the, there is like the, eventually the J, the LGFA, and the Camogie Association will come under the fame umbrella. It's going to happen sometime soon. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, the, the, there's constantly here, constantly this kind of talks about it. So even if that does happen, uh, it'll probably make things like this this easier to be a dual, possibly to be a dual yeah. player. But it doesn't happen in hurling and football anymore. I, do you think it would be more likely if they came under the same umbrella? Field? I don't know. Like I mean, that's that's not. Uh like I don't know if that's something that would be solved by coming under the same umbrella I'm just saying that I think in this case I think there's a lot of support out there as Mark even said there for this to be the case but they've kind of they've you know rejected on the basis of language or whatever but they also are saying everything is fine as it is and it's it's genuinely not if Mm. that's to be the case if you're to say people should be allowed to play both you know um just lastly on this, I, I'm I'm fascinated, and I don't mean I don't be I'm not arrogant enough to speak that I, that I that I definitely have more than a kind of a light opinion on whether Camogie Association LGFA should come join you know merge with the GEA because I have heard arguments in the past, especially about being just like you know who's going to look out for our interests will be lost in the shuffle and it's going to be second. My argument is, would be though is that like. Those days are gone. The GEA don't have the option to do that anymore. They don't have the option to kind of like swallow it whole and just kind of give it the odd day in the sun because just in the society we live in. And then surely if that's the case, if it's in everybody's interest to promote it to its fullest, fullest extent, isn't the GEA the organization that's best placed to do it? I don't know because I say that I, I definitely would have great respect for the LGFA in particular as an organization. The Camogie Association, I think, could be improve sometimes yeah it's hard to know even when we're talking about earlier on in terms of things like match officials and working together or whatever the selfish issue you can work together as separate organizations as well if you yeah. want to keep and that. they maybe, do maybe, maybe, yes exactly they're already doing so it's more just um look there's so many different streams to it it's hard to, for us to decide in the, on a you've got two podcast, seconds right? here pj decide should they <laughs> yes yes come on pj that was afraid to make a decision as mark here uh, PJ, before we go, Donny Buckley no longer a, a member of the Kerry backroom staff, which from the outside looking in looks like a massive blow. He's uh, you know he's one of the most highly regarded as we talk about highly regarded strength and conditioning coaches. Um, he's most uh, highly regarded coaches out there. He might be the most highly. Did you say the most highly regarded? I, I think he one is. of the most or the most. I, like I, I, would, I, would, I would. Well, I just think of Archbishop Desmond Tutu and those other coaches out there, you know, <laughs> who work in very poor areas yeah. like uh, Carlo and Louth. <laughs> I would say the they were Protestant coaches better than me. Go on, the most highly regarded coach. Uh, this is the second time he's left uh, a carry management team. He left in twenty twelve before the twenty twelve championship as well. Um, he went, he went to Mayo and he had, he had a massive effect on, on Mayo football and he especially, their, their tackling, their ability to tackle, it uh, improved massively. I think he turned Aidan O'Shea into like the best tackler in football in terms of like, he developed an ability to turn over the ball that you wouldn't have seen before. Um, he came in with, uh, there had been kind of rumours that there was unrest, disagreements between him and 
and Peter Keane, like other members of the management team, kind of heard it like after the All Ireland final last year. But given given like the improve, like Kerry thing came so close to actually winning that, especially well the first day, that you would have thought hopefully they can put their any differences aside here and move on. Uh, like they, the Kerry defence up until last year had these huge gaps down through the middle of it. You could drive like you could drive a fleet, you could drive bu- like three bu- buses, three abreast through the middle, <laughs> of the, through the middle of the Kerry defence. Whereas you know now, now you could only drive a small fleet of of like my taxis or whatever of taxis. Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> this metaphor is gone. Will that change outcome championship? That's what I'm going to see. If we see three buses, if you see yeah. three buses coming down the middle of the Kerry defence, you know what I'm saying is there were definitely big improve- Dublin buses, double deckers. Yeah, what I'm saying is there were there were definitely improvements in the Kerry defence. Yeah. Last year, and you were hoping that was going to happen anyway because of the change in management team. But it's hard to know how directly an impact Donny Bucky was having on that. But you'd have to presume, given the the effect he had on other teams, that he was the one in there making changes. And like Tom Sullivan, Kerry didn't have him like a proper man marker b- yeah. before last year. Going into last year, it, it was who who the hell did Kerry put on the other team's best player? And by the end of the year, it was like oh, it's Tom Sullivan. Tom Sullivan was clearly like he'd gone from everyone considering him just being like another ball playing defender attacking who, cornerback yeah, yeah. who doesn't who you know who wants to attack doesn't like defending to, maybe he still doesn't like defending but he's good at it and you would have to presume that Donny Buckley had a, played a major part in that interesting what were the like did you had a few worries about the defence when you saw them against Mayo a couple of weeks ago did you? Yeah, they they well they were good in the first half. They were they yeah. were they, they were actually they were turning over like a lot of ball in the in the first half. Uh, in the second half, I mean, it just it I, didn't they, matter. I, I think they just took their foot off the yeah. gas in the second half. But yeah, they were they looked good in the first half in terms of they were they were swarming around like Mayo players. They were turning over a lot of ball. Mm. But like I I think it's from reading papers. It seems like Tommy Griffin and I think it's. The guy from Armagh, Jeff McGann, he's like the strength and conditioning coach in in the over overall of uh, the Kerry teams. Yeah, that they're going to be involved in in working with the players now. Yeah, on if, the defensive. If side. I was to give you a fifty euro mark, how much of it would you put on James Horan having already been on the phone? Just, what is it with this podcast today and being asked questions that I can't possibly answer? <laughs> I'm asking for a guess. <laughs> uh, I. I wouldn't put any of it on. I'd keep the 50 euro and go down and buy myself 50 euros worth of penny sweets. That's a lot of sweets. <laughs> I, 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 I would not be surprised. They'd be crazy to not inquire, yeah. like, yeah, you know, yeah. to at least see if he'd be up for it. Like, again, it's all the traveling and everything else, but he did it before, you know, and... He did it for, what, five or six years? Yeah. I mean, like, I, I can't see any reason Natural fit, those, you know. With, those players would love that. Yeah. yeah. A lot of those lads still there, horns still there. We were trying. How many phone calls do you think he's gotten? Has he gotten phone calls like these lads, like uh, Jared Oak Burns or Jared Burns, but Jared Oak having so many calls straight away the minute Armagh were knocked out last year to go to America? Is Donny Buckley speaking of America? Has he been brought out? To- I would say there's a lot of missed calls on Donny Buckley's phone right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, before we go, just one special shout out to uh, Westmead. Obviously, booked the uh, will be in Division One of the Hurling League for another year. Uh, thanks to the win over Carlo at the weekend, I think one special shout out needs to go to Killian Doyle who scored. 
114 of Westmead's 117 against Carlow at the weekend. So that's not bad going. It's unbelievable. What a hurler. Uh, fair play to him. We will be back on Wednesday with our GEA guest, the Handicaps, as part of the Build Up podcast where we get hyped for the Sport of Weekend in association with Labrooks. You can find us there. Uh, search Bosley Podcast, of course, subscribe to this podcast and the Build Up. You'll find us on all good podcast apps. If you're already subscribed, please do rate and leave a review, especially on Apple Podcasts. It would mean an awful lot to us. But until we chat to you again, find yourself. Thank you.